This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. In early first century Judea, a child was the most vulnerable person in the whole Roman Empire. So might be a woman. And here we've got Mary and Jesus. They are the most vulnerable, a newborn and a woman. But they had the most important job in all of human history, to bring salvation to the whole world. And so they needed some help. They needed somebody who could take care of them, who could protect them, who could provide them, who could outmaneuver the devil who was after the child. And that person was St. Joseph. St. Joseph got up in the middle of the night, had a dream, take the mother, and her child and flee to Egypt. And without questioning or doing anything, he gets up and he does exactly what the Lord said. It was a plot from the evil one, you know, to get Jesus. Satan's been after him since the beginning and after the woman who is the Virgin Mary. And so we think about St. Joseph and we think, okay, he's getting up in the night. We're going to go do this. Mary really needed him. And we know that she was obedient, that she just said she didn't question him. She went. And to our modern ears, that might sound a little odd. Like most women nowadays want to be in on the decisions. I know I do. But Mary didn't question him because the Lord gave Joseph to her. And she trusted the Lord that this was the man to keep her and Jesus safe. This was the man who could outmaneuver Satan. This was the man who could protect the mystery of God and the mission of God to save all of humanity. At the moment, he had the most important job in the whole world, at least as far as human beings are concerned, because without Jesus Christ and the salvation, there's, there's no salvation for us. His participation in that mystery is enormous. We know that Mary gave her fiat. Joseph gave his too. He said yes, and he was obedient to the Lord, and he outmaneuvered Satan. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Joseph, his place in in salvation history. We have learned that Jesus was prefigured in the Old Testament, if you don't know what prefiguring is, it's it's when there's someone or something that leads to a fulfillment in Christ or Mary or the church or something that is to come, heaven. So we would say that that Moses is a type of Jesus. 
that Moses led his people out of the slavery of Egypt and Jesus leads his people out of the slavery of sin. Moses, he had an angry king after him. You know, Pharaoh tried to kill him and they, they, they threw all the boys, the little boys in the Nile, you know, and he was saved. The same thing with Jesus. You know, Herod was after Jesus and we have the death of the holy innocents and Joseph helps, you know, gets Jesus and Mary and they escape. So we know Moses, he brings down the covenant, the law. Jesus does too. He, he brings us the new law and the new covenant. So those are just a little examples of, of typology. It's, it's a type that leads imperfectly, but shows the way of somebody who's coming. Well, that was true for Joseph too. I want to talk to you a little bit about Joseph from the Old Testament, from Genesis. If you're not familiar with this story, it's a good one to read. Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Israel. His dad's name was Jacob, and then the Lord changes his name to Israel. So we're familiar with the 12 tribes of Israel. They're all from those brothers. Joseph was one of them, but he was preferred by his father, and he had dreams that were prophetic. And so his brothers were jealous of him. His father had given him a special coat, coat of many colors. Anyway, they end up selling him into slavery, a caravan that's going to Egypt, and he ends up as a slave in Egypt. And there are all these things that happen to him over, you know, a 14 year or more period where he's a slave, then he's falsely accused and thrown into a prison and he gets out of prison because he can interpret the dreams of the, of the Pharaoh who is very disturbed by some dreams. So it's this big story. Anyway, he ends up, you know, a couple decades later, second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. And the Pharaoh's dreams had been very disturbing. He had dreamed of a dream that meant seven years of famine in the land that would follow seven years of plenty. And Joseph made that interpretation for him. So in consulting Pharaoh, he said, okay, for the next seven years, we're going to stockpile grain and everything that we're going to need to withstand that seven years of plenty. And then knowing that all the other nations aren't doing the same, they'll come to us for grain and, and this will help expand your power over different countries, etc. So he was really, you know, like the Pharaoh's right-hand man there. And so that's what happened. Well, when the seven years of famine finally came, Israel sends some of his sons to Egypt to get the grain that is there. And they meet up with Joseph. Now, Joseph looks like an Egyptian. It's, you know, two, three decades later, maybe more. I'm not sure of the time frame. It's at least two decades later. He, he is second in command. He's dressed as, as an Egyptian. They don't recognize him, but he recognizes them. And then this whole drama unfolds. And what it ends up doing is leading to the salvation of Israel, of God's people. And um, so God uses this this convoluted plan where brothers, you know, sell out their brother and then he ends up saving them in the process in the end. It's the way God always works. We think something is the final defeat and actually it leads to the victory. It seems to be some, a theme of the Lord, you know, like on the cross, we're thinking, wow, every, the, the apostles were thinking this all except John, you know, we lost, it's over. 
They defeated him. The Romans got him. And yet Jesus had actually defeated the worst enemy of all death. So it's kind of in keeping with the theme. So here are the comparisons of the Joseph of the Old Testament and the Joseph who plays an irreplaceable part in salvation history. Here we go. The husband, Joseph, um, the son of Jacob and Joseph, the husband of Mary. Okay. Both Josephs had a father named Jacob. Both Josephs received critically important messages from God through dreams. Both Josephs experienced unexpected trips to Egypt. Both were in the lineage of the great patriarchs of Israel. And both had vocation calls that formed them as models of chastity. And we know that about Joseph, the husband of Mary, but Joseph from the old Testament, he was chaste. One of the reasons he got thrown in prison is because he was handsome and good looking and he was a slave and the, and the slave owner's wife wanted him to, to go to bed with him and he wouldn't do it. So then she accuses him of the same and he gets sent to prison. So it's interesting. These two Josephs and the first Joseph was an instrument for the salvation and protection of the people of God in very difficult circumstances. And the second Joseph, the husband of Mary, through another series of very difficult circumstances, is also the man that brings spiritual protection to us through his guardianship of Jesus and Mary. Both Josephs saved their loved ones from death. So Joseph is a pretty important guy. John Paul II said that his, his place in the role of salvation was as necessary as Mary's. It may not have been as big, but it was as necessary. We owe Joseph a lot. We owe him a lot. And I know we don't have any words from him, but we have his actions. And I know that Pope Francis has a statue of St. Joseph outside of his office door. And it's the sleeping Joseph statue. And he puts his petitions on little pieces of paper and he puts them under the sleeping Joseph because he is, you know, he's under Joseph's patronage and we should be too. As a matter of fact, Teresa of Avila, she was a Spanish mystic. She loved St. Joseph very much. She was one of the first ones to really go to him for his protection and patronage. And have you ever noticed that uh, the Carmelites, their monasteries are named after Joseph and he was her patron and she recommended him to everyone. She said he never failed to give her what was good for her, never failed. And when people would doubt it, she would say, test him. Now, some translations are try. It's either try or test, but either way, it's like, give him a test, give him a try. I want you to know that I have given, personally, I have given St. Joseph a couple of tests in my life that were biggies, and he came through. I love St. Joseph so much, and I hope that you learn to love him more than me, and that you learn to love him as much as Mary and Jesus does, because he's pretty awesome. Another point I want to make about Joseph, one more that I think is really, really relevant and then we'll conclude, is that 
So when you're looking at the Virgin Mary, she's everything to God, in a sense, because she is the faithful daughter of God the Father. She is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And she's the mother of Jesus. And because of his divinity, then we can say she's the mother of God. So she fills all these roles. There's no other human being who's more important. And yet, she needed Joseph. We need each other in this world. Husbands need wives. Wives need mothers. Christian friends need each other. We need one another. In that analogy that that St. Paul gives us of putting on the armor of Christ, it's in Ephesians. When you read about putting on the armor of Christ, he had in mind a Roman soldier and he goes from the helmet and the sword and the breastplate, the whole thing. What's missing? There's no armament to cover the back. And that's where Christian friends come in. Because when the soldiers moved in formation, the soldiers behind always covered the backs of the soldiers in front. And so in the Christian life, we in formation, we've got the backs of our brothers and sisters in Christ and they've got ours. Mary needed Joseph, the woman who was everything to God, everything that anybody could be to God. She needed someone to have her back, and it was Joseph. Joseph, I really encourage you to learn about him, pray about him, and do like Teresa of Avila suggested, test him. It's been my privilege to be with you today and to talk with you about Joseph, one of my very favorites. I mean, he is dear to me. Pray with me now. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.